and welcome to the 2020 season of the Business Whisperer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adila Afiz, the Global Business Whisperer, and I'm so excited you're here today. The Business Whisperer podcast is about helping you tap into the brilliance and ability that you have to create your life and your business intuitively, authentically, and successfully. Each week, we bring you tools, tips, information, and guest interviews to help you do just that. So if you are ready to download some of this business whispering magic into your life and business, stay tuned because you're in the right place. Hello, Business Whisperers, and welcome to a guest episode of the Business Whisperer podcast. I'm really excited about sharing today's interview with you today because it is with someone who was not only on par and so helpful and informative in the tips and information she shared, but there were so many things that she does that I could have talked to her for hours about. So let me introduce you to Kathy Demoni, who is a best-selling author and a highly successful Inspired Spirit Law of Attraction coach and a manifesting mindset mentor and trainer. Not only that, but Kathy is a mum, and one of the things I loved talking to her about was how to help not only clients and children who we may be working with as facilitators, practitioners, and healers, but also for those of you who are parents yourself and you are going through the juggle and trying to find enough hours in the day to get your business up and running, to do what your business is asking you to do, as well as meet the highly demanding role of being a mother, a father, or a caregiver. Kathy is so helpful and so open about what that journey and what that struggle may look like and how to get around it. So I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Check out all of the links and check out her books that she talks about that have been written especially for children and to create change when it comes to bullying and helping children of all ages deal with that situation. Let's jump in. Welcome, Kathy, to the Business Whisperer podcast. We're so pleased to have you here today in a changing world, and we thought that you would be actually wonderful to talk to us about your journey and how to create a business that works for you, no matter where you are and what stage of life people are in and navigating changes in circumstance. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. We've heard about you from your bio that I've just shared with our listeners, but in your own words, would you like to tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do and maybe how you got to where you are today? Okay, so um, that's quite a long story, so I'll try and give you the nutshell version. So I'm originally from England, emigrated to Australia 10 years ago. I am raising six children at the moment and I've been a very good manifester all of my life. So I've worked with the law of attraction all of my life, um, but hadn't realized that that's what I was doing till about 10 years ago when I discovered the law of attraction and realized that's what I've been doing. I thought up until that point, I'd just been super stubborn, which I am as well. So that helps. 
And basically, I've got a lot of professional qualifications in sort of behavioral studies and psychology, counseling, hypnotherapy, life coaching, things like that. So I've always been very interested in the way the mind works and behavior. Um, and my years as a teacher, um, I was passionate about watching uh, the behavior of children and why they were behaving like that, et cetera, et cetera, and use that to sort of inform my work. And then all throughout my adult life, I've sort of danced with depression. So that's been sort of, it doesn't define who I am, but it is a big, it is a part of who I am. And that sort of held me back for a little while because those feelings of lack of self-worth and particularly when you've been out of that mainstream working life because you're raising all of these children, you start to have imposter syndrome if you're having views on things and you don't lose your confidence a little bit. So basically when I had my fifth child, um, which is our last baby, I actually nearly died. And so that was a huge wake up call for me. Um, she was premature and it was just a very, very challenging six months of my life because I was physically very broken. Uh, mentally, I wasn't great. Um, obviously sleep deprived. I had this tiny little baby and my husband works away on the mine. So I was here pretty much on my own coping with everything for most of the year. And I just got I had had a second surgery and I was sick. I was very sick and it was just a very difficult, so a, a wonderful six months because we had this new beautiful baby, but also a super, super difficult six months because I had all of these things, all these challenges thrown at me. I lost two big friendships during that time. So there was a lot of knocking about emotionally and mentally, and it was just a massive um area of growth for me and I always think about when they talk about the the caterpillar becoming the butterfly nobody talks about that sack in the middle the chrysalis where they basically decompose and it's gloopy and it's messy and it's hot you know not not so pleasant and then they emerge as the butterfly and I really feel like this was a massive time of my life where I was in this chrysalis of gooey sticky horrible darkness and then sort of came out of it and felt like I had a lot to offer. I wanted to add value to people's lives. I wanted to help them navigate tough times because I've navigated a lot of tough times in my life. I wanted to give them the tools and use my expertise and everything to en enrich other people's lives. And so that's when I had the confidence because I just thought life is short. This is my chance. What am I waiting for? So at age 40, I actually started my business from home. That is amazing. So up until then, when you had your last child, what were you doing? I was constantly studying, reading, researching. I was always doing a course. I was always just like thirsty for more knowledge on behavior and psychology and law of attraction and all of that. So I was, even though I was home, I was always reading, learning, doing some sort of a course or other because I felt sort of alive when I did things like that. And, and in my previous, like when I was a teacher many years ago, my passion and my, my expertise was in being able to connect children to their inner brilliance and watch them light up and shine and start doing brilliantly well. Um, and I worked as a counselor and I did with um, my female clients as well. So I was very good at helping people get through their blocks, identifying sort of uh, thought programming that wasn't working anymore, smashing through that and helping them very quickly achieve their goals. 
so I, I had dabbled in work previously, but when I was 40, that's when I decided, no, I'm going all in. This is what I'm creating. And I've taken it all online and I'm able to help people all over the world. And so that, of course, is selfish on my part because every time a client has success and does brilliantly and we break through blocks, that obviously lights me up inside. So I get a big high from that. Was it a very easy choice to, first of all, start your business? And secondly, how did you choose what that business was going to be? Did you want to create a business where you could offer all of these things that you were able to do? Or did you start off offering one particular thing and then your business has grown on from that? Well, I think the early days was about experimenting. So things that I felt would be a good fit for me, I would try them and I'd get really excited. And then I think, actually, that's not a great fit for me. (laughs) And, you know, that can be tricky because if you yourself are what I would call a pioneer in your, you've got your clear vision, you've got your clarity of where you want to be and you're going through, you're going for it and doesn't necessarily make sense on paper doesn't necessarily make sense financially, et cetera, et cetera, but you've got this massive overwhelming gut feeling, your intuition is saying this is the right thing for you. You you can often come across resistance from other people in your life, criticism and all that sort of thing. And and people can actually make fun of you for doing it as well. But it didn't bother me because basically I'd faced death, right? So nothing could be worse than, than death. And I really didn't pay much attention to what everyone else said or thought. I just, I tested things, I tried things, I trialed things and found the right fit for me. So it sort of evolved over time um, to my online model. And yeah, I just allowed myself the space and the freedom to explore stuff. And people seem to be very imprisoned by having to get everything right all the time. And for me, I was just excited to explore the possibilities, find out what was a good fit for me, what wasn't a good fit for me. And of course, for my family, because I'm a you know, very busy mother of six now. So that takes up a lot of my time. So my business had to fit around my family um, and around our lifestyle. So I just allowed myself the time to let it evolve naturally. We will get to working with and whilst having children very shortly, I know lots of women um, struggle with or would love more support or information around that. I just wanted to touch back on resistance. And did you face a lot of resistance or did you have naysayers around you? Yeah, of course, all from my early days, because I've always been a very intuitive person. And I've always trusted that intuition, that inner inner voice, you know, that nagging, relentless gut feeling that this is the right way. And I've always defied logic on that, which made people around me very uncomfortable. Um, so from a very young age, I made decisions about my life, pretty big decisions. And I was like, yep, this is the way I need to go. And everyone around me from mainly, I think some, some people are doing it from a place of love, right? So they don't want you to fail. They don't mm. want you to hurt. So they're saying, oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. This doesn't make sense, you know, blah, blah, blah. And some people are saying it because they're not brave enough to do it. Yeah. So they don't want you to do it because if you do something and you succeed, it's shining a light on the fact that they're too scared to try. So there's a combination of naysayers in your life. Um, but I feel like if you've got a dream 
you've got a vision and you feel like it's the right thing to do, protect it. Yeah. So I don't share anything that I do until I'm like rock solid belief in myself. This is like 120%. I'm all in on this. And then it doesn't matter what anybody says to me because I'm all in. But I don't ever share my dreams or my decisions or my big ideas until I am 100% rock solid in them. And then to be honest, it, it doesn't bother me what anybody else says because I'm absolutely committed to it and I know this is the right thing for me. So I think you're always going to come across naysayers. Some of those people I think are trying to protect you. Some of those people I think are trying to hold you back. And I think the important thing is you've got to be really steely within yourself on the way you want to go with your life. And, and you know what? Your vision isn't supposed to make sense to anybody else. It's it only supposed to make sense to you. And it's important you protect that. Really great advice there, Business Whisperers. I hope you <laughs> are all drawing parallels to that because that's exactly um, what this podcast is about. What we refer to as business whispering is creating your business from that intuitive uh, gut instinct around what's right for you, what direction to go in, what choices are going to work for you no matter how different they may be to what is working or what appears to work for everyone else. I think it's a really great way to actually guarantee your own success is to always make sure you're working in a really congruent way with what that gut instinct or those whispers of intuition are saying to you. So I think that um, that's really spot on advice. Actually, we talk about that a lot on this podcast, not opening yourself up to other people's energies, sometimes a bit too prematurely when you have that whisper of an idea and it's something that really resonates with you and might be lighting you up and you share it with someone who, for whatever reason, um, as Kathy's just mentioned, whether they're doing it from a space of love and concern, but they don't have that same worldview as you, or they're doing it from another space of maybe smaller thinking or lack or competition where they tell you it's not a good idea. And it might be just enough to wiggle you in your, or create some doubt and some fear in place of where you could have gone on to create something really amazing for yourself. So I think that's really great advice there, Kathy. Um, and let's, let's ask you more about how on earth do you work with six children and how has that been and what advice do you have for others who have children and are either starting their own businesses right now or are right now as the world changes increasingly needing to work from home surrounded by their families? Um, well, it was a real transition for me. And of course, you know, when we are being creative and we are chasing our dreams and when we get that moment in our lives where something clicks and we think, this is the moment, this is the moment I'm going to surrender to my dreams. This is the moment that I'm going to do it. That change has happened within us. So what we need to do is create time and space for everybody else to catch up with us. So when I first started um, my business, because I've got a children's book series all on mindset and all the difficult conversations, that they're, they're, my books are designed to be the starting point for meaningful conversations with your kids about body image and bullying and uh, inner dialogue and outside hate and all that sort of thing. So I created that and I created my online courses, but 
in the beginning, it was allowing my family to catch up to where I was now because there'd been a massive shift within me. So I had to allow them the time and the space to adjust to this new version of mum or wife. And so in the beginning, it was about setting myself up for success. So I haven't got an office or anything because there's too many people in this house that we're a bit, you know, we're bursting at the seams. So I created a, a space on, on our dining room table where I had everything set up ready to work so that if I happen to get, you know how the planet sometimes aligns and you, you suddenly get this sort of 30 minutes of free time where everybody's happy, everybody's on task, you know, and you've got this time. I was able to jump into my work zone and just grab that 30 minutes. And I'd maybe do that three or four times a day. And it was surprising how that time added up over the weeks and months to get some really amazing progress in my business. Um, but I really had to carve that time out. I had to take advantage of minutes, yeah, uh, of anything I had. And look, sometimes, don't get me wrong, in the early days, sometimes I thought, man, this is too hard. It's too hard. I'm juggling too much. I can't do this. But of course, Every time away from my business, my mental health suffered. So I'd have a dip, I'd go into a depression and I think, no, I need to do my business. This is what I'm doing for me. This gives me great joy. This gives me great satisfaction. You know, my professional, um, my professional persona, this is who I want to be, um, as well as being mum and wife and everything else. Um, so I, I, I learned very quickly early on that even though in the beginning it was only minutes here and there, it was good for my mental health. It was good for the kids to help adjust this new version of who mum was. And of course, over time, it's evolved. And now they're, they're very excited about what I'm doing. And they help me carve out time to do it. And it's very much a team effort because, of course, in chasing my dreams, I'm giving them permission and you know the inspiration to chase their own dreams. So we've just adjusted our lifestyle to fit a new element into it, which has been exciting for everybody. How old are your kids now, Kathy? Okay, so we've got the age range is 17 down to two. Uh, well, she just turned three, 17 down to three. And three of them are actually autistic. So that's another um, set of interesting <laughs> interesting challenges as well on top yeah, of that so that's yeah. huge that well can I just say congrats congratulations first of all what an amazing and inspiring achievement and that is truly phenomenal I'm so excited for the mums who are listening whether they are first-time mums who are feeling um, a little bit stuck and confused and wondering if they'll ever be able to uh, get their life back on track or find some me time. And to also all those mums with multiple kids or with special needs children who might be able to listen to this episode and be inspired by your not only great advice, but I think another really great practical tip, which is Sometimes we think it's about finding hours on end to be able to sit down, lock ourselves away in our office and get some work done, um, as opposed to being realistic about what we can do in our lives. And for those of us with children and families or even just a lot of people around, no matter what situation you're in, you might need to really take advantage of those 10, 15, 30 minute time slots that allow you to just move the pedal forward, do more things to create that momentum, but it won't necessarily be two or four hour lengths of time at once. 
Exactly. And that stopped me from starting for quite a long time. So I was waiting for this massive chunk of time to fit in my lap. Well, when's that going to happen? My youngest has just turned three and she's severely autistic. So life is busy. Life is full. And um, I created my business around that model. You know, um, I just, I suppose, got rid of what I thought success should look like and created my own version of success. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit more about your your children's books that you said were about having conversations with children that might be difficult or dealing with situations. Are they inspired by your children or by experiences within your own family? Yeah, so all of my children's books are based in real life experiences. So um, either kids that I've taught, coached or am raising. So they're very personal to me. Uh, I put a lot of my heart, energy, soul into each book. And each book has resources at the back so that uh, parents, counsellors, teachers have uh, different activities that they can use the book for to explore each subject even deeper with the kids. So like, for example, I've got a book called Dear Bully, and that's based our experiences as a family with bullying and also my experience as a teacher um, dealing with bullying. And uh, it's a different kind of a book and it has triggered some people, which I do understand, but the book is written from a place of love for the bully. Um, And if I can just expand on that. So my children have been badly bullied. I've been badly bullied through my life. So, you know, your your initial reaction is anger, outrage and defensiveness. And especially when it's your children being bullied, that's like your mama bear. I'm definitely a mama bear. So my mama bear comes out big time. I want to defend them. How dare these kids do this to them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But luckily with my training, I always practice the pause. Okay, so I I believe very deeply in the power of the pause. And we've suffered bullying where my kids have needed hospitalization. Um, What if my kids stopped eating? Do you know what I mean? So we've had some severe bullying issues in this house. And what I did was I sat with the feeling. I didn't react in anger. I just settled and worked through the feeling. And on several different occasions, I wrote the um, offending children, if that's what you want to call them. I wrote them a letter. Um, But I didn't write them a letter from anger. I wrote them a letter as if I was their mum. So it definitely had discipline in it. It definitely had boundaries in it, but it also had a lot of love in it. So I'm saying, what's happening with you? You know, what's happening in your life? Because you know what? Generally, happy people don't hurt people. So what's making you unhappy? How can we support you? What do you need help with? And each time in different schools I actually handed the letter to the principal and said look this is how I deal with things I'm a writer so I write things out here is a letter to that child or those children in one one instance there were six children that had been um, bullying my my son over quite an extensive period of time and I wrote this letter as if I was their mother and I gave it to the principal because obviously I can't (laughs) be completely inappropriate to chase children around the class around the playground saying read my letter So I gave it to the principal and said, you can use this however you want to use it. This is my way of dealing with it. These are my thoughts. And I left it unsealed. And each time the principal read the letter and decided to use it with these families. And each time the offending children 
cried. And it alerted the school to the fact that they needed extra support. It alerted the parents to the fact that they needed extra support and alerted that child to the fact that they weren't just hurting one person, they were hurting a whole family. Mm. And I just opened up this dialogue, this difficult dialogue. And each time was a massive turning point in these kids' lives. And I actually had school counsellors contacting me and saying, please, can we use your letter in class? I was like, yeah, absolutely. If you think it's going to help, absolutely do that. And that's where the Dear Bully book was born from, was these experiences that we've had. And, you know, our belief in this house is that everybody makes mistakes. You should be held accountable for those mistakes and you should take responsibility for them. And if you need to face a consequence, you should do that. But then we need to look why. Why is that behavior happening? You know, what can we do differently next time? How can we support that person to make a better choice in the future? And with my own children, if they've uh, gone through a difficult time or a challenging time, what I've done as a parent is say to them, I'm confident that we're going to get through this because you are wonderful and you are clever and you are funny and you are kind. Just reminded them of, of who they are. And that's what these other kids, you know, need help with is reminding you know it's a behavior it's not who they are and behavior can be changed and so many good pieces of information in there and coming from a space of compassion and also getting out of our points of view and you know those polarized emotions um, especially for parents when their child is being hurt so yeah and I think adults can take a lot from that as well you know um, bullying in all its forms, whether it's online, in the workplace or at schools, is unfortunately more prevalent rather than less prevalent as we hear and see these days. We will put a link up to that book because it sounds amazing, Kathy. And yeah, there's actually so many directions I would love to go in. Um, I I work a lot with children and there's lots of parents who listen to this podcast as well. Um, I would, however, also like to give you a little bit of time to talk about manifestation and tell us more about that and tell us more about the work that you do and how our listeners can use it in their lives and businesses. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, as I said, have been a manifesting queen all of my life, but I hadn't realized that's what I was doing until around 10 years ago. And so I was really intrigued by the law of attraction and manifestation because it was all new to me, although I realized that I had been using it brilliantly um, all of my life. So I think um, for me, I've studied it in a lot of depth because obviously once you find out about such an amazing power in the universe, you want to harness it and you want to use it, you know, to to its full advantage. And it took me quite a while to get through to be really understanding the whole processes of it and the, the ask, the believe and receive. And I was really good at the asking and I was pretty good at the believing, but I wasn't so good at the receiving. And although I had manifested quite a lot in my lifetime, when I tried to do it specifically, it was the receiving that I was having trouble with. And then obviously I realized the receiving is the intuition. It's the gut feeling. You should speak to this person. You should do this course. You should go to this meeting. And and that's the way it unfolds. That's the receiving of it is you follow your intuition, you follow your gut instinct, and that leads you to amazing opportunities. And one of the most amazing times of my life was when my husband was made redundant. And of course, we often receive in ways that we weren't expecting. (laughs) 
So my husband was made redundant, but I was actually relieved when he was made redundant because he was giving everything to his job. He was a very loyal employee. He was absolutely gave everything to, to the company um, and there wasn't much left for us at home. So I was sort of relieved when he got made redundant because I thought, awesome, this is great. We're going to, you know, going to get a bit more balance in our lives. But of course, we hadn't anticipated being redundant for nearly a year. And in that year was the best lessons for me with manifesting because at the time that you feel the worst about money is the time when you need to manifest it. <laughs> so that's the time when you actually need to raise your vibration and, you know, feel good about money. You know, we went through some really tough times and we'd had very, very little money coming in. We don't, you know, these children to look after. Um, and it was a very trying time, but it also was, one of the best years of our lives as well because we trusted our instincts we took opportunities we did more learning we invested in ourselves and it was a massive year of growth but I remember going to bed one night and I was just so desperately terrified because I felt like we were going to lose the house you know this house that we just managed to build after having emigrated and I just was so desperate that I just, all I could do was lie in bed and recite the Lord's Prayer because that's all I could do. That's, I was in such a panic. I'd wake up in the morning and have fists, you know, and I'd have to hang my hands out of bed to get the blood circulating in them. So it was a really stressful time. And um, that's when I was like, okay, this is the biggest need of manifestation that I could ever possibly have. And I need to get my act together and, and get in the zone. And that was a really good time for me because things were seemingly so bleak um, in the quote unquote reality of our experience at that time. And it was really about elevating beyond that and planning what the future was going to look like and putting all of my energy into where we were going to go with this, what we were going to learn, what we we're going to do, and be absolutely 100% rooted in gratitude every second of the way. So I would get to the end of the evening, and I would sit down, and I would say, thank you so much for you know, the fact that my children have full bellies to go to sleep. Thank you so much that we have a roof over our head. Thank you so much that um, they've got clean clothes to wear. Thank you so much. And I just brought it right down. And I was honestly, absolutely grateful for everything, every tiny thing. And also, you know, in, in some of the deep, deepest times, it's really good to keep perspective if you're using manifestation. It's good to look bigger. It's good to have that macro thinking. And so, you know, when we would hit a snag and we'd both be, my husband and I would be like really down, um, I'd say to him, you know what, um, there was a family that we knew that had a child similar to the, one of our children's age at the time, and they had a very rare form of cancer. And actually, it's fine now and doing brilliantly. But at the time, it was very unknown what's going to happen. We're worried about this kid, you know. And I said to my husband, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens with us. I said, we could put all of our problems in a hat with that family and we would pick our own problems back out again. So let's be grateful for our problems. You know, and it was just about stripping everything down and just being super grateful, super focused. And we came out of it brilliantly after the 10 and a half months. We learned so much. There were so many gifts in that year. 
and we took it forward with us and it made us stronger. It gave us a huge amount of tools to use in the future. And it gave us that uh, sort of self-belief that pretty much anything could be thrown at us and, and we'll be fine. And I think with that belief, it's very empowering that you can go ahead and take these sort of risks and take these leaps of faith, knowing it doesn't matter what the outcome is in a sense, because I'm going to be fine either way. And that gives you the permission to take these big leaps of faith. And for me, they've been luckily very successful and I've managed to manifest amazing things. Um, but it comes from that place of, of faith. Right. Because this, again, so helpful and pertinent to our current climate and economy. There might be lots of people who are feeling that level of terror and stress and doubt and fear that you felt when you would go to bed worried about losing your home right now. And so yeah. as we have listeners who themselves might have lost their job or depending on the industry they are in, their industry might be looking at months and months of either reduced income or no income at all. There might be spouses who have lost their jobs, incomes cut in half, people who are wondering how they are going to make it through and if they are going to make it through, and at the same time wondering what to do with their business or if it's the time to start their business or how they can keep making money and how to manifest or attract money in a climate where, once again, it's feeling hard to feel positive about money when it feels like the whole world has just stopped. Um, apart from those, in addition to those wonderful tips you've given us around gratitude and choice and having faith and looking at the big picture and being really clear on what you would like to create, is there anything else you would add for those people right now in that situation? I think this situation globally is unique. And although that's no help, there is some comfort in that. That, you know, it's completely out of everybody's hands. It's happened to us. And I completely understand, you know, that loss of control is terrifying. And until fairly recently, I was quite a control freak. And, you know, the, the redundancy for me was is a good lesson for me because there was a certain point in the redundancy year that I just let go. I just said, okay, I'm not going to fight this. I'm trying to cling on to what was. It's not going to be the same anymore. I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to evolve. I'm going to change. And that's what we did. You know, my husband and I, we both said, okay, let's think outside the box here. What are the solutions? What's the way forward? What's the plan? And so we've always been able to focus on what's the next thing. And my biggest thing during that year was I didn't want to lose my house because we'd only just built it and we'd worked so hard to get it. Um, but at the moment that I just said, you know what, I need to let go of that. If we lose the house, we lose the house. And I really had to, I know that sounds easy, but it actually wasn't easy. It was a real surrender for me to go, there's really worse things that can happen, like the family that was experiencing their child having cancer. You know, this is, is a house, it's a home. I get it. I've worked hard to get it. I love it here. I'm not saying it would be easy, but I'm going to let that go now. If that's what happens, that's what happens, and I'll take something positive from it. And, of course, once I stop, stop fighting it, 
And I just sort of surrendered and go, okay, faith, what will be, will be, it's all happening for a reason, et cetera, et cetera. And then that allowed our creativity to come out and it allowed us to go in different directions and think outside the boxes and have some hope for the future because we pretty much decided at that point, it doesn't matter what happens, we'll get through it. Yes, (laughs) because how much energy also gets bound up and tied to being in that resistance and in that fear of trying to hold on to the house and not wanting to lose, whether it's your house or whatever it is that people might currently be worried about. And so, again, I completely understand what Kathy's saying is not be okay with losing your house and surrender to that fact, but surrender to the fact that you'll actually still be okay no matter what. And you can take that energy that you are using to right now, maybe keep yourself in a place of fear or we're actually using polarized energy in that situation to keep you in the not wanting to lose something to actually coming back to neutral, saying, Mm. you know what, no matter what, even if I lose this, whether I have it or not, I'll be okay. And what can I create regardless will actually give you the energy and the space and the momentum to outcreate that situation. And I mean, I've been having, um, obviously speaking with clients over the last few weeks, and we've been having exactly this conversation and sayings. It's about also remembering everything you've been through in the past, everything you survived, everything you've grown through, everything that you've accomplished. And often we forget that, you know, we forget our own strength, we forget our own growth. And another thing that I said to my clients over the last few weeks is, everybody that I've ever studied that has achieved anything of greatness has had a a period of their lives when things were really, really dark. Mm. And so I say to people, you know, when you're going through a really difficult time, as I have been through several times, there's several times in my life where things have been very, very dark. And the thing that I've clung to during that time was this is just a chapter in my success story. So that energy gives you the idea of, yeah, it's so tough at the moment. I am going to survive it. I am going to be successful and I'm going to reflect on this as a chapter of my success story. Everybody that you study that's millionaires or they've invented something or something, you know, something amazing's happened, they've had a time in their life that's so dark. And so I've always sort of found it comforting and sort of weirdly exciting when I've been going through dark times. So I thought, wow, what's going to be at the end of this? Mm. This is going to be something amazing at the end of this because that's the way the story goes great perspective great pattern interrupt I'm loving it what are you working on right now are you working on anything new and exciting or are you continuing with your client work what's the weeks and days looking like for you right now well (laughs) I'm always got several projects on the go that's just the way my brain works So obviously, I've just actually released a new children's book series called the Sunrise Babies Home series. And that's my donation to a Ugandan orphanage. So 100% of all the book sales goes to directly to the babies through an American charity. So I'm very excited about that because they needed an income. And so that was my, I said to my husband, we could donate a lump sum of money, but it would be gone in a few months. But what they need is a product to sell. 
So um, I've created this book home series. The first book in that series has just been published and it's called Damily and the Sunrise Baby's Home. And it's the true story of the lady that runs the baby's home who was an orphan herself, um, came out of university and said, I want to give back to the community that's helped me so much. And she saved over 300 babies' lives. So this children's book is a real story about her life and the way that you can support the baby's home. But just buying the book is helping them buy formula and diapers and everything that they need. So that's super exciting. Obviously, I've got more books in the pipeline for the children's book series about empowering children, which I'm very excited about. That's my passion. And of course, my online courses about manifesting primarily women I coach. And I just took it online because I was finding the one-to-one demand too much for me to keep up with. So now I have my online courses. I've got the coaching academy that I um, actually train people to become coaches in my modalities and also the manifesting formula where people can come on and learn these mindset, powerful processes to just reset, ready for success, get rid of old programming that isn't working anymore and start creating the life of their dreams. So that's what lights me up. So that those are my passions. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. We are going to have links to all of those things in the show notes. So you can check that out, listeners, and let's get behind those books. They sound not only amazing and inspiring, um, but it's going to help the kids and the amazing cause. That's extremely generous of you, Kathy. So we are going to do our little bit to help spread the word. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm sure that our listeners have received so much value from the huge array of topics that we have spoken about today. So I did want to thank you for your time and just ask if there is any final words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners before we sign off I feel like lots of people have had their foundations shaken at the moment and I really would love everybody listening to sit down write down what their fears are okay because writing them down is really powerful because then we get them out of our head and we can start taking control of them we need to look at what is within our control and what is not within our control and the stuff that is not within our control we need to let go of that because We need to just wait and see. We we might be stressing over things that might not even happen, but bring back the focus to what is within your control. Pivot, evolve, change, think outside the box, believe in yourself, understand that all of the things that you have overcome in your lifetime, think about all of the strengths that you've got and expect this to just be a chapter in your success story and that things are going to be amazing at the other side of this because everything that we want is on the other side of fear and just hang in there and believe in yourself please because you can do it amazing thank you so much kathy we have so appreciated and loved your time with us today uh thank you so much for being on the business whisperer podcast and we look forward to seeing you and the wonderful things you create in the future and wish you so much success thank you so much for having me And that wraps up another episode of the Business Whisperer podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Your support means the world to me. Please remember, if you enjoyed this episode, 
do me a favor and leave us a five-star review so that other people can find these episodes and get some value out of it. If there is a guest that you would like us to interview on the show, please send me a message or send me an email to thebusinesswhisperpodcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to see you soon.